head on over to patreon.com forward slash severe podcast right now to support the podcast and sign up for our premium content and now here's the podcast graham mcdonald is an idiot sean sheehan of severemma.com he even has the audacity to call himself the quote-unquote pod god this is Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. The Severe MMA podcast is finally here. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Severe MMA podcast, episode 256. My name is Sean Sheehan, a.k.a. Shawnee Quarantine, Shawnee Podcast, the pod god, whatever you like, whatever you feel on this lovely Saturday evening here. Joined today by the Tony Hoolan of Irish MMA Media, Graham McDonald. As we talk about maybe the most insane week in, in the history of MMA, there's been a couple of insane weeks in the history of MMA, I suppose, but without any MMA, this is probably the most insane week in the history of MMA, I think, but there you go. <laughs> what MMA? Well, that's a, yeah. Well, it's been a while since there, there's been no MMA for like. I think that we used to get three week breaks, but now now it's a, a week break. So uh, I suppose there's not much to compare it against. Yeah, it's it's been a pretty a pretty cr- crazy week. I actually haven't talked to you much over the week, like uh, in general. Before we kind of get into it all, how how much craziness have you uh, experienced during this week? And has it have you did you kind of get drawn into the craziness? Because I got hugely drawn into the craziness of it all. Not really. I just kind of assumed all along that it wasn't going to happen and that everybody kind of knew it wasn't going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even like, you know, I said it last week on the podcast or maybe it was on Patreon, I'm not sure, but about like, surely Dana actually, you'd be surprised if Dana didn't actually notice wasn't going ahead and is just pretending like it's going ahead. Yeah, I saw a few people saying that like, I'm I'm not sure the logic behind that. Maybe the fact that people were just talking about it, like, but it's all media, good media. I don't know. You know, maybe it is for the fans for or for drawing people into the sport thinking these guys are trying to do it when they're not obviously fully thinking about <laughs> what's going on in the world maybe but i'm i'm not sure this was good media you know the new york times did a few articles which i'm sure we'll get to shortly uh, on them and none of them were like complimentary or like mm-hmm. you know but when you don't do it in the end it kind of oh we, we you know we heeded the advice and we we uh, cooler heads prevailed <laughs> yeah and then it kept saying we pulled it off we the fights were getting done but <laughs> well we'll get to all of that but yeah it's it's the weirdest thing, like, even Dana, in, like, the last uh, interview he did, and I'll run tr- down quickly before we get into chatting about things, uh, kind of the timeline of what happened, but the last interview he did, it was like, he was a little bit relieved, I think, a little bit, because he was saying, like, oh, we, we got it done, but, look, they wouldn't let us do it. So I think, like, he's trying to convince himself, and maybe it's actually right, that he could have done it, he could have pulled well, it like, off. Yeah, he said, like, you know, I kind of said last week, like, oh, we did everything in our power, mm-hmm. and, you know, it wasn't, it was out of our hands, and they kept it going as long as they can, like, you know, uh, obviously on Sports Center and all that stuff, there, the NFL season isn't on, there's no football, there's no other sports, so mm-hmm. we'll probably get some more airtime there, and maybe people have heard of Justin Gaethje now that haven't heard of Justin Gaethje before, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. It's not. It's not bad. Like uh, people will like the fact that they didn't put on the event and nothing bad happened around the event means that it'll just be forgotten. And you know, uh, it's just a chaos sport anyway. And Dana knows to kind of embrace that. Yeah, I, I think. I think if this event had happened. I don't think what you said there would be right. I think it wouldn't be forgotten. I, I think it'd be something that'd be yeah, brought if, up for if, years. If and years. the event happened, yeah. then yeah, but it, it was never going to happen, really. Yeah. I think he like I tweeted on Saturday night. Dana White was saved from himself, and I I genuinely believe that's what it was because for a good while there, it was it was looking bad. It was looking I, like I was agreeing with you last week. I thought it probably wouldn't be held. I did a podcast with lads during the week over in Texas, and I I think I said there I did a podcast with Jake as well. But there was there was definitely points during the week. I might have done even one podcast where I said I did think it had happened. There was points during the week where it felt like, and especially I think the point where, um, the ABC. So the ABC came out one day and said, right, we're we're not going to let you have, you know, we're, these are not going to be on the fighters' record. Uh, I think they were talking to like fight, uh, referees and judges and telling them they wouldn't be allowed to do this or they wouldn't be allowed ref again or judge again. Um, 
and then the next day they all came out and changed I was like oh no we'll actually we talked to the UFC and we're going to let it uh, let them do it you know it's going to be on their records now from that point I thought okay it's going to take someone big I, I was I, I was talking to someone on a podcast or, or in whatever and I was saying like there, there's only two people I think who can actually stop this uh, and that's ESPN or Dana White and even then with ESPN I thought Dana, if ESPN pulled the plug, which they did in the end, I thought Dana White might try to put it on Fight Pass, which he kind of mentioned in that interview with Brett well, maybe, maybe, maybe it's a thing where Dana was waiting for ESPN to step in so he can say, well, I didn't not fulfill this contract. You're the one who pulled the event. Exactly. And that's probably a lot got to do with money as well because he was saying, oh, I'm fulfilling the event. I'm not reneging well, huge. the contract. If, if, if what you were saying is true, that you that UFC are getting five, the equivalent of 500 or the old equivalent of 500,000 pay-per-view boys from ESPN for a pay-per-view, mm-hmm. they're obviously going to not want to be the ones to, to pull the plug on it. And if ESPN pulled the plug on it, then the UFC are kind of free and clear. Well, we did everything, and you guys are the ones who didn't want to do it. Yeah, and you know, White now is saying that uh, he wants to put on all the events for uh, you know at the end of the year, which he, you know, he probably will. But we'll get to that as it goes. Let me just give a quick rundown here of what happens in the, the last week's podcast. Because I think a lot of people only listen to the, 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 the one-weekly podcast. Actually, as well, if you're listening to this podcast now, um, please share it. Please tell a friend about it. Because uh, with people not going to work, with people not traveling, with people not commuting, our podcast and everyone's podcast is going to like struggle for, for listens, is going to struggle uh, for uh, to pick up new people and stuff, just because they're not sitting in their car for an hour going to work every day, you know, uh, that's the thousands and thousands of opportunities to get podcast listens as well, so please give us give it a rating, try to get it to the top of the charts, give it a listen, if you have a friend that likes MMA, if you've you know, put it out on your Twitter, put it out on your Instagram, we'll retweet it, whatever. We usually don't call for that, but <laughs> over the next couple of weeks, we probably will a little bit because um, because we're probably <laughs> we're probably going to need it. You know, it's going to be a struggle for everyone. And of course, uh, of course, Celtic. Of course, or if you're if you're, if you're yeah. the opposite and you're listening to more podcasts now, just sitting at home or whatever, mm-hmm. than you used to, then there's a lot more available on Patreon as well for for the low low fee of five dollars. <laughs> yeah, five dollar. In fair, like I'm the sort of person who. If there is less content out there, if I think there'll be less on, I'll go unbelievably overboard. <laughs> just trying yeah, to be on to me. He's like, oh, I can't do this podcast this day, so I'm going to do this, this, and this, and we need to do this after. It's like that's four podcasts in, in, in the place of one. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, I'm very bad for that. Like, like if there's no fights on a weekend normally, I'm like, right, we need to put three podcasts on instead. So yeah, sign up patreon.com forward slash severe my podcast. Right. A quick look, a kind of, so the last time we were talking, we were still talking about Habib versus Tony. We were talking about that fight happening. So, obviously, Habib went to Russia. There was talks of the fight being on in, was it the UAE? Uh, he went there and he came back to Russia again and then Russia went to lockdown. So, <laughs> this kind of all kicked off then with Dana White replying to a fake Ari Lilwani <laughs> account and saying that uh, him having talks with Putin and Donald Trump wasn't true and that Habib was out and he denounced the fight. So um, he got his PR man, Brett Akamoto, to interview him the next day. Um, oh, shade. It's, it's just true. Like, <laughs> uh, And he announced Tony Ferguson versus Justin Gaethje at an undisclosed location. Uh, I think it was that interview too where he mentioned the island fights, which we'll get to next, which I kind of look forward to, but at maybe a later date. But anyway, um, so it was Justin Gaethje versus Tony Ferguson. Then uh, Jeff Sherwood, uh, the the legendary uh, MMA veteran, MMA media veteran, came out and said it was Tachi Palace, which was like the ultimate OG Shardog move, <laughs> which I thought was was just absolutely fantastic. Um, then uh, you know there was a lot of talk in the media, and we we'll, we'll get to that shortly. And uh, a lot of people criticizing it, a lot of people saying absolutely nothing and hiding away from it. Um, uh, Rosenham Yunus then was forced to pull out of the fight because two of her uh, relatives died. I don't I don't know the exact, uh, and I don't think it's been released the exact relation or anything uh, to that. Um, then, you know, then there was obviously lots to talk about. People that was that was due to coronavirus, apparently. Due to well, coronavirus, yeah. Due yeah. to coronavirus, yeah. So you know, there was lots to talk about it. Then, uh, you know, Dana White still never announced that it was going to be on Atachi Palace. I uh, said the next three events, I think, were going to be on there, and then the international fights were going to be on uh, overseas. Then New York Times did an article which basically said that they talked to a, a hospital close to Tachi Palace and they said they'd heard nothing from um, 
the UFC, the UFC came out later then and said it was actually a different hospital they'd be using. So, you know, I'm not sure who's correct with that one. But all in all, then it ended with Dana White doing um, another interview with his boy, Brad Akamoto, who tweeted at first that UFC 249 was called off and uh, the uh, other events for the foreseeable future. Dana White did that interview and said, as I mentioned earlier on, that uh, the most higher higher up people at ESPN and Disney, and obviously uh, ESPN is is owned by Disney now, um, pulled the plug on it. He still could have done the event. He had even a backup um, arena for the event if he wanted to do it, and uh, and that was that. You know, he he gave an interview as I mentioned. He was, seemed relieved in one way and seemed like cocky in another way that he could have done it, and it wasn't him uh, or anyone who stopped him except his partners. And he's you know he's basically like these partners are with me. I couldn't. Uh, I couldn't, uh, uh, you know, go back on already. What, what do you think? Like, is there anything I missed out on there? Or, uh, that that whole timeline was there anything weird about it for you? Yeah, it was all it was all weird, yeah. but I always had in my head oh, this is this is all bullshit and none of this is gonna happen. <laughs> so I never really believed any of it. Mm-hmm. So maybe it had less kind of impact on me than you were kind of seemed to be going uh, back and forth or over whether it would whether it would happen or not. I kind of just always had in my head that there's just no way this is gonna happen. Yeah, I, like I think it's, it. <laughs> The big thing around all of this, right? You know, it kind of takes the drama out of it, though, when you just kind of, yeah. like, you know, if you know the result, it's just kind of like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. it does. But I think there was times, though, especially with the with the ABC, you know, pulling the blog and then coming back and saying they were going to do it again. Uh, when it was announced with Tachi Palace and Tachi Palace were were sticking by him, they weren't doing it on. They were doing it on Native American grounds, so it doesn't reply to the the same rules. And also, as well, one actually probably the biggest part I left out or ever written down here. I can't read my own writing. Um, the a Californian. Uh, governor and senator the senator came out and released a press statement and then the governor apparently went to espn the new york times reported that as well uh, and asked them to pull the plug on it so that was that was the biggest thing and like i think that's what it took because dana white was not going to come down off the ledge of insanity um it seems like tachi palace weren't either i i don't think like even even the pressure that was being put on uh espn and the other people by uh the new york times and mma media and stuff reporting it i don't think it was working uh i think it had to go that far and i'm actually amazed it is because we're in the like i was thinking and another reason why i thought it might go through is because i didn't think i think i thought all along it wouldn't not all along but for for the the kind of the in part of it that it would need to go to someone like um a governor to to stop it from happening but because we're in the middle of a fucking pandemic i didn't think they'd you know <laughs> this would pass their fucking eyes to, to even know this was happening uh but it did and, and that's what happened in the end but it was look before we get into all the coverage of it and all it was obviously the right decision that had to happen. You know, we've talked about it over and over again on the podcast and on Patreon uh, as well. They, they were saying they were taking all the safety precautions. But the big issue with taking all the safety precautions is you can't take enough safety precautions right now. There's so many false negatives even on the tests. Uh, this PPE. But even in the process of of doing all those safety measurements, you need like health professionals and mm-hmm. people who are required elsewhere at the moment. Yeah, that's exactly it. Now, the the thing is, in that area in California, it's not you know hugely overrun, but we're still you know when it was cancelled, what were we? Eight, nine, ten days out from the event, so that's not to say it won't be then. You know, so. And the big problem is as well with people traveling into there and traveling out of there as well. You're, you know, the one place that's uh, grand now, it mightn't be grand in 10 days' time, or it mightn't be grand after people bring it in. And it's not just fighters, it's not just UFC people. You know, as you said there, medical people. A lot of those medical people could have been working with people and testing them for COVID-19 and picked it up along the way and didn't give it to the fighters. Like, the, the big thing is, we all have to stay in our houses. You know, everyone should be staying in their houses unless it's absolutely essential work. MMA clearly isn't essential, so we, you know, we should never have been even talking about this. And the thing is, right, everyone wants to watch fights. We all, you know, some people were saying yesterday, everyone's celebrating UFC 249 getting cancelled. And, you know, people were, like, fighting back and that. It's like, no one was celebrating it. Well, I don't think anyone should be celebrating Tony Ferguson versus Justin Gaethje getting cancelled. I don't think anyone should be celebrating, uh, if you're a fan of MMA, Francis Ngannou versus Jorginho Rosenstruck getting cancelled. But I think you should be celebrating this event getting cancelled. Because this event right now should not be happening. 
it's not safe to have an event right now where you're getting people to drive in from all over different states in America, come in, congregate together, fight in a cage with another person, with a referee, in which you with someone putting Vaseline before you get in, stay in a hotel, cutting weight, ruining your immune system to get down to it, where you could catch a fucking virus that kills people with uh, with bad immune systems. Which It's just too much of a risk. Like, And I think as well, if you leave everything out of it, right, you leave... Uh, all the fans out of it, you leave the fighters out of it and everything, and you look at Dana White, who is obviously the guy hugely pushing this. Imagine if just, and I know, that, okay, the percentage might be might be small of someone actually, um, you know, dying or getting coronavirus from this, whatever the percentage is, I don't want to go full Brendan Schaub here on it, but imagine someone does, and it's not completely out of the realms of possibility, but imagine someone gets coronavirus from this, or imagine someone dies how bad does that make the UFC look? He can no longer say no one's got a, a serious uh, illness or died in the UFC. He can no longer say that. It's it just, it's a huge, huge, huge risk for someone who has said already that they can push back these events and get them all done before the end of the year. Like, I think everyone that knows MMA knows the second this turns and the second there's even a way to do this, it will be done. But now is not the time. The curve in America is still rising. As we said, in that place in California, it's still low there. But it's not going to be low forever. I hope it is. I hope I'm 100% wrong. But other places in America, New York is the worst place in the world at the moment. I think there was 2,000 new deaths in America yesterday. It's We're at a stage now where we just have to wait. And maybe in two weeks, maybe in three weeks, maybe in a month, the curve is coming back down. And then we can talk about planning for a couple of weeks after that to get fights back. And we can pump out fights on a Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday. And it's going to be absolutely brilliant. But now is not the time. It really isn't the time. Um, And look, I think a big thing about that as well, right? And there was a lot of... And before I get to that, (laughs) you know, the reason that this was getting done by Dana White and everyone else was money, right? Dana White did an interview with Brad Okamoto and he said he's not letting his children see their friends. He's staying in himself. He's trying to protect these people. But he doesn't give a shit about the fighters. He Like, he let the fighters fight. He let the fighters leave their home. He let the fighters drive to Tachi Palace. He let the fighters cut weight. He let all that happen. But he won't do it for his own children in his own house. What does that tell you, like? You know, what does that Or it's as we said earlier, and he knew it was never going to happen, and he was just, it was all bravado, and he was going to pull, or the UFC maybe or Endeavor were going to pull the plug if ESPN didn't pull the plug, because it's just just asking for trouble and like you know uh, they're like a PR firm endeavor basically aren't they like or part of them part of theirs like a PR firm so they, they know that this is a extremely risky thing to do like yeah maybe I, I I tend to not believe that but you might be right you know you might and you know who definitely doesn't believe that who thought the fights were gonna happen lots of MMA managers the MMA managers coming out this week my god all of them coming out saying, I can't believe uh, people are trying to get this event cancelled. These people need to get paid and all. Your job is to get them paid because there's a fucking pandemic and get the UFC to pay them anyway. Like, why aren't... Oh, they need their 10%. <laughs> why aren't MMA managers paying for... Every, like, like uh, this is an idea, right? Every UFC fighter now should get their win bonus for their next fight paid to them right now. And in the next fight, they all uh, fight for... Just their basic pay. There's no win bonuses. So you'll have to give out, okay, double the win bonuses, but you're giving them like a stipend to keep them going. And you're also only giving that to half the fighters, really, because half the fighters are going to win it down the line anyway. Why couldn't they do that, like, uh, and help the fighters? They have loads of money. Dana White says they're not laying anyone off. Everyone's going to get paid. Everyone's going to get these fights anyway. So rather than having the fights now, putting everyone in danger, why not pay them a part of their fight purse that they're going to get later on down the line a little bit on top of it and keep everyone safe for a while and then you can you know you're going to recoup the money down the road again why are managers not pushing for that why instead are mma managers coming out saying the media if you've nothing good to say don't say anything at all that's not the media's job the media has to tell the truth and We'll get on to the media in a second because I'm not standing up well, for a Most of the media aren't trying to tell the truth. They're just 100%. trying to get interviews with fighters and managers and stuff like that. And yeah. Make content, content true. It's true that. It's a huge issue, I think. Buddy, uh, buddy up with, with these camps and these, yep. these, you know, managers and fighters and um, just be like, you know, openly kind of not unbiased or biased <laughs> yeah 100% there's I don't think there's ever been a more evident week where independent media is more important than right now and when I say yeah. independent, you can have you can have good relationships with camps uh, but you mm. just don't need to you know 
uh, write or produce content that's just completely biased. You have to always keep in mind that, like, you know, uh, keep the bias, potential potential bias in mind mm-hmm. if you're close with a camp. 100%. Like, and even even not, like, there, there, there can be bias in different ways. Like, you know, some people might be biased against, you know, wrestlers or <laughs> strikers or whatever. There's all different types of bias. You have to, as a media member, you have to work against that. But I think it's... It's more like not saying things or not covering things uh, because you're afraid of the blowback from either the the fans or the media or the, sorry not the media the fans or the managers or the the fighters themselves or whoever it is. Yeah. Sure, there's a lot of times, like, for example, like, most reason that comes to mind is, like, you talking about Richard Kiley, even though you know he listens to the podcast, you know, he's been on the podcast, you're going, you know, you'll be seeing him in a couple of days for media day, but you just got to say what you think, because what's the fucking point of the podcast otherwise? What's the point of, like, if your opinions aren't your own, then, like, well, it's just pointless. It's just bullshit. Exactly. Um. Yeah, like, you know, there's probably been loads of things in the past that, like, you know, us, we, we know we're going to see, for example, like, Team Rhino guys are SPG guys or, or next generation guys, we know we're going to see them soon and they're probably going to say something, but we we got to give our honest opinion about whatever situation or whatever fight or whatever whatever's going on that week in the news or, you know, you just got to say what you think and and you can be wrong, but at least, you, at least it's your honest opinion. Yeah, 100%. I think there's a little bit of a caveat I have to give with this as well because it actually took me a good while to get my head around this because it's this whole situation, it's something we've never seen before and it's something which... It's a it's a big it was a big shock for me it was a big shock for probably everyone listening to this and in every other fucking world it's a shock for the the whole you know COVID nineteen situation, but this have, like we all want to see MMA fights everyone listening to this podcast is an MMA fan they want to see MMA fights like who nobody listening to this doesn't want to see Justin Gaethje versus uh, versus uh, Tony Ferguson okay we might want to see Habib first we can argue over that one but everyone wants to see one of those two fights or both of those fights. Yeah. No See, the one... good thing about MMA is, like, you know, even if you don't like the guy or you do like the guy, it's a really good reason to watch the fight yeah. and be invested in the fight. Yeah, but I think, like, the problem is we have to... What we have to get our head around is that right now we can't have that fight because it's unsafe to have it. And it's it takes a while to actually develop that. But the problem is, right, I understand if people haven't developed that. They just wanted to get it out of their head. They don't want to watch the news. They don't want to see what's going on. They just want to see their fights. I can 100% understand that. There's a big problem, though, that there's some people who do understand that. And do you think? Do you think that yeah. is partly it's because it was the Habib Ferguson fight that people have been like waiting for, waiting for for so many years, and it's been close. Do you think that has anything to do with how much uh, some of these people really wanting the event to go ahead, no co- uh, at all costs, and not really caring about anything else? For, for the fans, maybe. Yeah, I, I think just the fans. A lot of the fans. If, are just... if it was, you know, if it was like, you know. Alistair Overeem versus fucking <laughs> yeah. no-name heavyweight, but people would be like, ah, just cancel it. Yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah, <laughs> maybe, but, like, there was already three events cancelled or whatever, and people didn't go absolutely insane over yeah, them. Yeah, nobody so really cared, because everybody's yeah. just looking at the, the Tony yeah, and the B yeah, for yeah. yeah, you definitely have a bite to fairness. But I think, like, the fans are always going to react the way they're going to react, and you can't stop them, but I think the problem with the media right and a lot of people have criticized the media but i think everyone was criticizing them for the wrong thing i don't think the media were half harsh enough on this event uh and this event trying to be trying to get this event pulled or trying to talk about why this event should be pulled i really don't and that the reason why is because they want to get interviews with the managers uh, uh you know they want to get and interviews they want from the managers. credentials from the ufc <laughs> and all that stuff as well uh, obviously plays into it with some of these guys it's it's I, I think that's their living and maybe they're afraid to to yeah. rock the boat in any way. If if like for example other or more well known respected journalists were saying the same thing, they'd be happy enough to jump on board. We see it all the time. Like, you know, one person says something that's contrary to opinion and then all of a sudden people are other journalists are like passing it off as their opinion yeah, on on Twitter and on podcasts and etc. So uh nobody wants to be the kind of the lone wolf it's it's so lonely on a limb as marcy once said <laughs> i like that's i like that but you know we we talked about it last week and remember that jorgen klopp thing where he came out and he says you know i don't want to talk about this let the expert talk about it and i agreed with him at the time but that did shift a couple of weeks ago i think because it became so serious and i think when everyone got their head around it i think especially if you're 
if you're in the media, if you're covering an event that was supposed to be going on in the middle in the middle of this, uh, or let's, someone like Conor McGregor has done an absolutely brilliant job. I don't agree with everything he said, but he's done a brilliant job of getting his voice out there and trying to convince people to stay in their houses or trying to get you know the teacher. Yeah, it's an honest to, opinion, you know. Exactly. With, like he's doing it out of goodness or out of a, out of a good place. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Uh, so you can't really criticize that. Well, you can. You can laugh at well, people. Can laugh at anything or make fun of anything, but yeah. like really like. Like uh, when you're trying to do a good thing, you're trying to do a good thing, and you know, that's all that matters. 100%. Like you can not like the guy or like the guy or be indifferent about the guy or mm-hmm. any of these guys, any of these celebrities are helping, donating money, all that stuff as well. Like you know, no matter what you think about them, it, it, like it is out straight out. Of, like they may have a lot of money, but a lot of other celebrities aren't aren't giving money, or a lot of other rich people aren't giving money, or maybe mm-hmm. they are behind the scenes, but it's still it's still like really good thing to, to, to do in a crisis is do your best in, in whatever way you can to help yeah but my point is I think even alright Conor McGregor is obviously on a, all a, a lot different of a level to MMA media but I think it was very very important for the MMA media to come out and talk about this event and say it's not happening and say the reasons why it should not be happening and I think that was a, a complete and utter failure for a large part of MMA media. I think there was great guy. I think Luke Thomas did very well. I know a lot of people don't like Luke Thomas and the way he does it, but he was putting out facts and he was looking at both sides of it. I thought he'd brilliantly. Ben Fox, absolutely fantastic as well. He, the way he was doing it, the way he was covering do, it, talking do, about it on Twitter. Do, do facts exist in 2020? <laughs> I don't know. But like the problem is a lot of people weren't doing that because the amount of fucking blowback. I've never, ever seen anything like it, like this week. You know, and we've covered every sort of mad situation in the world of MMA there has been nothing like it and people saw the reaction to when I like when I put out a tweet and said if you think this event should go ahead you're a terrible terrible person when I put out a thing calling Brendan Schaub the biggest idiot in the world like the reaction to things like that is just huge and people see that and then they say right I'm not doing that but you you have to this is a different situation I usually don't do that I used to do it a bit before but go back and look at my tweets over the last while I, I, I try to keep the serious stuff for the podcast and talk about it there where I can kind of explain uh, you know what I'm talking about and everything like that on Twitter it I think it, t- it takes something like this for you to actually go on and do it and try to convince people or try to get people to look at stuff to realise where we're going. And if you're not doing that as media, like, you've two... There's two people in, in media who, who you look at and who you should take direction, how you cover it. It's like the uh, person who's your boss uh, and your your readers, your listeners, the people who are looking at your tweets, your po- listening to your podcast, reading your articles or whatever. And... They connect to each other because if your boss has gone out and tell you you need to do this, you can't say anything about this because we want to cover this event. We need money from our YouTube views uh, from this event. And if you come out and start going mad about it and we can't cover it, we're going to lose money. And look, that's fair enough. It's a dog-eat-dog world. But that goes back to the point as well why you need independent media. like And people who are willing to say it even though they're going to lose money because of it. Like... Because these events are not happening, I was planning, I had actually a couple of good interviews lined up to get on to talk about this event, and now they're not coming on, so like, that could have been more Patreon subscribers for us, more money, yet I still came out and said it, and I was still fervent to my opinion about it, because it was wrong, this event shouldn't have been happening, and you, I think, like, it's not just me, honestly, I probably, I probably won't be around MMA much longer because of this week, I, I think it's, it's just changed, but like, you should, I think people should 100% support independent media because there's people okay there's some independent media and they're useless they'll never say anything anyway because you know they might be afraid they'll lose their credentials or lose uh you know interviews or whatever uh that doesn't matter to some people that doesn't matter to me if any fighter in the world said they'd never do an interview with me again i wouldn't care it's fine like all right fine i'd like to interview you whatever but it doesn't matter to me if the ufc anyone said they'd never credential me again i wouldn't care i'd cover from home absolutely no problem i've done that all the time anyway but that's not the same for everyone and i really think i think i'm i think i'm very strong on this with independent media people need to support it you need to sign up not not me forget about me sign up for people's patreon little uh, you know watch people's youtube videos spread their articles because if these people were gone and they weren't um they weren't covering the, the sport and the incidents in the sport in the in the way which they need to be um covered all we'd have is bread Okamoto's. You know, all we'd have is people acting like that who are going there and they, they ask one question and then they get a complete dodge of a question. They don't ask the same question again. Like, that's what we're going to get. And it's it's a big, big issue. Like, a, a lot of MMA media covered this unbelievably well, but most of them, I think, either mentioned it and then ignored it and didn't come out and speak strongly enough about it, about it or just, like, talked about what was kind of happening and discussed it and... 
stayed away from it a bit and i think that was wrong i think this was this is like one of the defining things of maybe our our lifetime covering mma or the decade or whatever you want to say this is absolutely huge this event we look back at this in years and we'll, we'll see uh we'll talk about this and it would have even been bigger as we mentioned earlier on if it had actually happened but this you there was two sides of this you either got it wrong or got it right and i think a lot of people got this completely wrong but anyway what do you think about uh, if well, this, just did, go on. did you just drop a did you just tease a potential mma retirement of your own there i did yeah like this this week like i, I think a lot of people don't realize the, the people that are involved in mma like like uh, there's some absolute there's some great people in mma but there's some absolutely horrendous people in mma and like this week i was like I, I don't want to have any part in this like i think it's a more of a world the thing than an mma <laughs> I, I, I don't know i don't i uh, maybe but uh like the, the people involved like people would rather people die than ca- have fight get cancelled they would rather people die than fight get cancelled like i think people think abby grant more than that more than yeah but <sighs> Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe they do, but are these people, like, living under a rock? They do not understand we're in the middle of a fucking pandemic. Like, 2,000 people in one day died in America. 900 people for the last three days in a row died in England. Like, this is this is very, very serious. And I know we live in a sport where <clears throat> it's very, um you know, conspiracy theory driven and you've all these fucking idiots always coming out and saying things. But, like, I, I really think this is to a point where we all need to be understanding right now you know, we, we need to understand what's what's happening. We need people... You need to listen to people who are telling you what's actually going to happen, looking at the reality of what's happening all over the world, looking at the numbers of what's happening. Like, hopefully it'll be all right. And hopefully now, in a while, everyone will think, oh, it's a complete overreaction. Not half as many people got it. Not half as many people died. And I hope that's the case. Um, but we need... Without the social distancing, without doing these things that we need to do to avoid it, that won't happen. And look we, we need that that's what we need to cover but in mma like i don't know it's like it annoys me so much that like this this sport is, is a great sport if you're a fan from the outside and you just look at the actual fights that happen themselves and you know the, the kind of the heroism of people who go in there the skill of people that go in there it's absolutely fantastic but like you look at the kind of the pure doggy dog world uh, of MMA, like the managers who are just absolute scumbags for the most part, who just want to fucking rob money from everyone. Same with the promoters who don't give a shit about their fighters, who will, you know, who could give them those fighters money to not to have them not fight and keep them safe for a while so they can fight again in a while. But they just won't, you know, they they just won't do it. It's like it's it's. <laughs> It's a very fucked up world. It's a very fucked up world, the world of MMA. Like, and, uh, you know, there's pe- you, you, I know people that I've known for years and years and years, and you think they're like really nice people, and something like this happens, and, you know, they, they, they ignore it, or they, you know, they, they want the event to go on or whatever. And, like, what do you, I don't understand what these people are thinking. Like, it's, I think it's absolutely crazy. Like, and it, this is. just not taking it anywhere near as seriously as, uh, as yeah. you are, basically. Like. But, like, I, I'm, I'm alright with difference of opinions. Like, I think there, there is some people who are just like, just don't care. But there's other people who just aren't taking it that seriously. Yeah, I, and I don't know how that. Like, it's alright. There's a difference of opinions in lots of different things. But you know, someone said to me the other day, uh, you know, don't get political with it. It's like this is not a political issue. I'm, I hate politics. I don't watch or listen to any politics. I try to avoid it as much as I fucking possibly can. I hate it. You n- listen to this podcast, you never hear us mention Donald Trump or Leo Varadkar or anything unless it's got something got to do with MMA. You know, uh, it. I, this is. Uh, I'm not a uh, former MMA promoter. Donald Trump. <laughs> That's the one. Well, maybe we mention him. Um, fucking affliction never die. There was a Lee Taxi. Elite taxi, wasn't it? Why am I gone mad? Which one was it? I don't know anyway. But uh Yeah, yeah. like this wasn't uh this isn't a political thing, so it's a worldwide health thing, which MMA found itself in the middle of amazingly, insanely, but there we are. It's cancelled now anyway, and that's that. Um when do you, do you think, think it's just just yeah. in our bubble that it's felt like MMA took center stage, oh. you know, as you're saying, or do you think it was just for everybody? I don't think it was for everybody. Uh, oh, it was definitely in our bubble. There's never been a time where the MMA bubble has been as big as it is right now. Because that it's this whole thing is predicated on the MMA bubble. That people are... We want these fights to go ahead because we want to see fights. We need the world of MMA to kind of save us from our boredom. It's just like... 
<laughs> we need to get out of this bubble look outside it and see there's a fucking pandemic there we can't hide from it we can't f- we can't get the fucking <laughs> COVID-19 in the rear neck and choke and beat it like you know it's not possible or what do you think about the the this is a f- kind of a little bit off topic but it's football the German Bundesliga is talking about starting again and in, I don't know, what was it, start of June or end of May? Mm-hmm. Um, probably behind closed doors and all that, but what, what do you think about, about that? Uh, like, uh, that was the next thing I was going to go on going to go on to with the UFC. Like, the win, the problem, why we can't have it right now is because it's still on the rise, because we're still spreading it. When people stop spreading it, or when there's ways around, because this could go on for a long, long time, and after a while we're going to have to find ways to do things without it being, like, a huge issue. Uh, and I don't know what those ways are, you know, I'm, I'm not a professional that way, but I, I feel like we will find ways to do things. But we're not there right now. Like, we haven't found ways to do unessential things. Like, it's, you know, people will say, oh, you know, there was 50 people down the shop yesterday, it's going to be the same in the UFC. Well, you have to eat. Like, that's essential. You have to, and it's a shitty way to do it, but you have to take a risk to go down to a shop to get something now. You try to avoid people as much as you can, but you have to eat. People have to eat. People don't have to go to an MMA fight. People don't have to fight in MMA. But after a while, when you know, when less people have it, when there's less people around with it, when there's less spread of it, and there's more ways to avoid that, and we have developed better ways to avoid it, then I like sport is going to come back, and the UFC are probably going to be the first to come back. Like I think, hopefully, the Bundesliga, if it does come back, because Germany have have done it pretty well from what, what I've heard. I'm not, you know, I'm not a hundred percent up in Germany, but they haven't had as many cases. Their hospital isn't overrun. Their hospitals aren't overrun. And the big thing about it as well is. You know, if there's a Bayern Munich player, Borussia Dortmund, and they need, you know, two doctors, an ambulance, and, you know, five nurses or whatever at the at the game, if the medical systems there are overrun, that's not safe to do it. But the fact in Germany that they're not overrun, and it doesn't look like they're going to get overrun, they can afford to have those people at the games, you know, where they need to be. And MMA is obviously a lot worse than that. So that's the thing as well in America. Obviously, America where it's rising and rising and rising. You're going to maybe find a place like Tachi Palace where it's not too bad and do it when we can do it absolutely safely, when people can move more safely, when people, you know, when there's not lockdowns all over the place. That uh, That's the next step. And we will find ways to do that. Like, this is not a case of, I think MMA or, you know, people in them, uh, covering MMA think MMA should be gone forever or gone for the next, you know, year and a half until we find a vaccine. Just until we can do it safely. Like, we can't, there's no way we can do it safely now. We're not at that stage. Like, maybe in three weeks we'll be at that stage. And I hope, hopefully we will. Hopefully they'll have found ways to do it. Hopefully the curve will have turned and it'll be going back down and they can lift restrictions. I don't think it'll be that quickly. I think it'll be maybe two months. But as soon as they can get it back, bring it back. That, that's what I think. But, you know, we have to leave it down to the experts and we have um, to leave it to, to what's going to happen, I suppose. Go on. And what about what about cage warriors? Yeah. And Graham Boylan. It's, yeah, that like if they're going to come back in the middle of this as well, they they absolutely shouldn't. I'd put them in the same bracket as the UFC. Like if they were to put an event on in Germany, for example, in in a month and a half's time, if the situation is like you were speculating, mm-hmm. uh, would you be okay with that, or do you think that's just pushing it too quick and taking still taking too much of a risk? See, I don't think you can. The problem with that is, or any event, like I was even talking to, I did a podcast with lads over in Texas the other day, and they said, do you think? Um, do you think the UFC event in Dublin will start, still happen? And I was like, yeah, I think Ireland by that time, you know, by uh, August or October, whenever it is, you know, the Bellator and the Dublin event, I think Ireland will hopefully will be okay by then. But the problem then is, you know, Cal Elnor maybe fighting James Gallagher coming in from England or, you know, Pitbull, I think he's living in America or Brazil or wherever it is, coming in from there or whoever else it is that's a big problem like would you want to fly i know a lot of people are based in maybe the people based in ireland could fly to germany it wouldn't be too bad at that stage um maybe the people you know from certain countries but what people from england we'd have to fly in what like 14 days before and like you know go through the kind of process the quarantine or the the coronavirus process and do it that way there there probably is ways to to do Mm -hmm. it pretty safely that, but that's what I'm talking about with in this scenario. Yeah, with finding ways to do things. Like those are the sort of things that we're going to have to to find ways to do. Like in, with the English soccer, there was talks of uh, all like the teams being put into put into hotels in where it was, like London and um, and Birmingham and have them playing like uh, a World Cup sort of scenario thing where they basically stay in their own hotels and are quarantined in the, in their, ho- their hotels and go and play games. Like, it's those sort of... And that was what I was talking about earlier. Like, we're going to have to find measures to make sport coming back okay. Like, 
and it's going to take big measures for a while and maybe it is going to take two weeks of quarantine before and two weeks of quarantine after but MMA is MMA is a tough one because you're going to have to ver have very specific circumstances and I'm not sure if a country like Germany will want people you know will want 20 fighters and another 20 you know people setting up cages and refereeing and judging and stuff flying from the UK to go over there and will those people from there want to even go will they even want to travel you know will they want to leave their families in this sort of time will they want to you know maybe pick up the disease in an airport on the way like there's a lot of there's a lot of <laughs> things that go into this like and I, we until everything is set until we have absolutely um safe ways of doing it and i don't know when those safe ways will emerge or even if they will but i think they will pretty shortly we'll i think because you know there's too much money being lost for lots of people like, we, we even look past mma here there's too much money being lost there's too many things not happening at the moment that the world will eventually have to move on and we'll have to find ways of doing it but i don't know so hopefully it'll come back soon what do you think of um what do you think of this fight island idea? Like, if we leave the coronavirus aside for a second, right? And let's say we're all safe. Every, we could do it on a fight island. But it has to be... We, we can't do it in America still, right? They're, they're like... But, but people can travel kind of in and out in America. And maybe travel in and out of Brazil in the UK. And they, but they still won't let MMA happen there. And we it's all safe and it's all good. We could do it in a fight island. It just it sounds so good, doesn't it? Are you looking? You it just sounds so. That sounds like a, a comedy movie or whatever, mate. <laughs> I love it. It's, it's it, like the thing about this is right. It's like down the road a bit, so it it doesn't feel like it's it doesn't feel like it's like an immediate uh, huge issue. Maybe it will be when it, when it comes when they try to do it again. But I I I, f I feel like everyone got a bit of fun out of this fight island in the middle of the, all the madness. Um, and it was kind of a, <laughs> it was a good way to do it, but like, I don't know, it, it feels like it's not at all feasible, if to go a bit serious again for a minute, because like, if you're buying an island, there's probably not going to be a hospital on that island, wherever it is, then are you, are you going to have to like, fucking ferry people in and out, are you going to have to helicopter them out to a hospital afterwards, I don't know, I don't know how it's going to work, what, what are your opinions on the whole, uh, the whole fight island thing? Uh, it just sounds fanciful, it sounds like, it's just never going to happen. Yeah. That is. To be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Debbie. Debbie Downer. What's your thing on on MMA coming back? Like, and we were talking about the Bundesliga. Do you think it'll? Do you think they'll find ways of doing it, or do you think like eventually ESPN will just say, "Ah, fuck it, come on, let's do it," and allow Dana to do what he was trying to do the whole time? Mm, I kind of said a few weeks ago that like you know it just needs one kind of major sport or one like once if for example the Bundesliga is up and running and Dana's like, well, you know they're putting all these big football matches, twenty odd guys running around the pitch. And, you know, this is two guys, three guys in a cage, including the ref or whatever, and everyone else is one or two meters away, social distancing. <laughs> you know, it, it'll kind of give him more, um, more kind of ammunition to, or more kind of precedent to look at and say, oh well, like like maybe UFC can put on the event in Germany mm -hmm. or wherever is the first kind of place to major. Obviously, I think there's like. Is it Belarus or something where the the, the yeah. league is is already going again? But so that's not really a major, you know. It's not a major league. If it was like the Bundesliga or the Premier League or La Liga or the NBA or you know, if if one of the other sport was to do it, I think then the UFC would be straight away organizing events again. I wonder would Sweden be a place to do it? I'm actually getting Phil on maybe during the week or next week to to talk. About What's going on in Iceland? What Iceland? I haven't heard about the numbers of it's. You know, it's hard to get to get there, <laughs> there yeah. no, no, I didn't go in the middle of nowhere Iceland that could be the fight island it, didn't, it could be yeah. <laughs> like Trump buying Iceland there a while back remember that uh, oh no people are going to get mad at me because I'm in Trump anyway but the Sweden are like doing the um, I, I think Iceland like it was an Iceland the country who tested everyone or was trying to test everyone anyway I don't know an interesting thing that. but Sweden are like doing the herd immunity thing where they're like hiding away people over 65 or over 70 or whatever and then like basically let, I think they've schools closed down and certain. I, I'll ask Phil about it anyway but like maybe, obviously a lot of people are going to die there as well, and probably more than than other places are dispropor disproportionate to what they would if they had um if they'd done the social 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 distancing. But maybe that would be a place where if they're doing that, where people can just come in and out of there. Maybe they could hold an event in in Sweden. I don't I don't know, and do it with you know the, the safety that the Swedish people have it. But then you when you come back to America or come back to England or wherever you're living, you're probably going to have to quarantine there again. 
but I don't know. Like the, the the problem with this is we're you know blindly speculating here about what's going to happen uh, in the future when we don't know what's going to happen in two days' time, two weeks' time, two months' time. We really haven't a clue, and don't, I don't think even fucking medical professionals hundred percent know because it's very hard to predict. Um, but look. Like if there's no vaccine or no like new kind of discovery of a of a way of avoiding getting this or you know some kind of new, big new information, then this is like in my opinion, I think this is going to drag on for months and months uh, in most countries. So yeah, um, it's really hard to know, but it doesn't seem like the end is uh, in sight. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't definitely doesn't. We're gonna I suppose have to find ways. But I have another kind of topic as well to talk about. But before we do. What do you think about covering this event? Like, let's say two, UFC 249 happened or whatever, uh, or another event, uh, and media covering it. Like, I really think, you know, people are talking about covering it, and it, look, if your boss tells you you have to go and fight, uh, and your Francis Ngano or whoever, or your, you know, um, Jessica Andrade or whoever, you're probably going to do it, because look, your boss is telling you. If you're a media member and your boss is telling you, you have to go and cover this event you're gonna go because your boss is telling you you have to do it. you're not going to fucking lose your job you're going to put yourself in risk you know we all um we all sign up for things and uh th- those things change and we we can't do things we that we like and we have to put ourselves in fucking risk and we try to avoid those risks but yeah. the, the problem i think is those bosses shouldn't be doing that you know dana white shouldn't be doing it you know the, these bosses these big companies sending people uh to cover events shouldn't be doing it if like let's say us yeah. now we I actually got an, an email from a guy um going like oh, i'm reaching out if you and the team are looking for media coverage for your ufc 249 really? 25 minutes away from tachi palace in lamore and love to cover the event for free on your behalf and he talks about himself a bit and uh <laughs> gives like a somebody a reference and stuff and i just this is a few days ago now this is what two days ago i just i just was like oh it's just no way i'm not even gonna reply like it's just oh, just stop that's that's absolutely crazy like i was just in my head this is just like it's not happening this is just it's clearly not happening and even if it was like why would you want to go and well like i know where you why you'd want to go but uh, like I don't know. I just was like, "Fuck's sake!" And I saw it. <laughs> it's, in, it's insane. Like we're we're in, like if someone if I, if I go to an event, it's there's no one telling me to go to an event. I go to it and go myself. And that's not the same uh, for everyone. So I'm not. You know, the people who wanted to go, I think, are absolutely insane because it's this media bubble again, right? The people who are forced to go, fair enough, you're forced to go. The people who just wanted to go for themselves, we this media bubble, right? holding the UFC to account, seeing what the UFC were doing, seeing if they're doing all the, the, the right precautions, is not a reason to go above the safety of people. You leaving your house to go to an event is the same as the UFC, you know, putting on and sending a fighter to go and do it, sending, you know, a coroner to go and do it. Anyone can spread it. This, this, this the, uh, virus doesn't look at your MMA bubble and say, I need to go and see what they're doing. No, it sees you, it'll give it to you, and you spread it. It doesn't matter what you're, you know, what you're doing. I, and I know, like, people will argue there's, there's a role media need to be there, they need to do it and stuff. But I don't think you can do it safely right now. That's why I think, like, I don't think you can do a fight safely. If we could do a fight safely and... um and you know and have and hold the event then of course the media should go and the precautions that they're taking for the fighters the ufc or cage warriors or whoever yeah, it is if you don't have like you know a family that you have to go back home to afterwards <laughs> i don't know like uh, I, you I, know you, you're gonna go live with your you're gonna go with your wife or visit your mother after after the event and you know it's, it's a risk yeah did you see actually i couldn't i actually couldn't believe it i uh Paddy Pimblett, after he fought in Cage Warriors, he put up a picture on Instagram of him with, like, his grandfather, I think. It's like, what? What are you doing? Like, that, that, one of the most insane things I've seen in a long time, like. And I, I'd hope if any fights happen over the next while, um, the all the fighters should be sat down, right? And an expert should be coming in and telling them about this. Do not go home and take a picture with your grandfather or your, you know, your mother or anyone, whoever it might be. Go into fucking isolation for fourteen days after it. Stay clear of people, cause I like I I don't understand how people wouldn't have known that by now already, right? But to make absolutely sure they should be told, they should be written out straight away, or or it should be written out straight in front of them, so they they completely understand that, cause it's it's lunacy, like it's a. Uh, 
I don't know. <laughs> I, I tweeted out during the week. I don't know how we're even talking about this after uh, two of Rosalind Eunice's family died. Like, I don't know how we're even talking about this. Like, we sh- what we should be doing, right, is we should be talking about all fights. We should be talking about uh, things that happened before, discussions, discussing situations, discussing who's the greatest of all time. Having, like, we can still talk about MMA. We can still watch all fights. We can still plan for the future. We can, you know, match make for three months down the line or whatever. We can still have fun and talk about MMA. But we can't have MMA right now. We just can't. It's not safe to do it. We can't have it right now. We can have it in a while. Now, MMA is not going to die. It's not going to go anywhere. It'll still be there waiting for us when we get back to it. But now is not the time, unfortunately. But anyway, Graham, I have a question for you. It was um, the anniversary this week of Conor McGregor's UFC debut. Obviously, you were around doing the documentary, doing very different things. You were over at the fight, I believe, you, weren't you? What are your memories of that fight yeah. over in Sweden and the, the lead up to it and everything? Um, the lead up to it. The lead up to it was uh, a lot of people. We were over, obviously, over in Sweden, and a lot of people like uh, UFC commentators and UFC people and other managers and other coaches were kind of asking us about Conor McGregor. Oh, is he really like this? Or mm-hmm. how good do you think he really is? How far can he go? All that. It was. It was all like, even though he never even fought in the UFC, all the talk probably because it was like a European event. But all the talk of the European media and the, the fans and the coaches and of, even of other teams was all about Connor. Um, people were like debating everything whether whether he should be favorite underdog. It was just a lot of excitement and it 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 felt like different and special even even then, you know, because the mm-hmm. things he'd done against Bushinger and Dave Hill kind of <laughs> never really been seen before. You know, it had never been like a such a good prospect f- from Europe kind of mm-hmm. going into the UFC in years anyway. So there was definitely an, uh, a, a big excitement and kind of a lot of talk around around Connor and is he as good as and, and what's his ground game like and uh, Joe Duffy and you know people all, like all the stuff that kind of gets brought up now I suppose as well like was was kind of there was a lot of questions like that as well people kind of not want not not believing in Connor or people fully believing in Connor it was kind of polar he was polarizing even back then. I, I might have remembered this wrong. I might have just made this up. But did someone like tell Kenny Florian or Dan Hardy or someone like some fact about Conor McGregor that was completely made up, and he said it on the broadcast or something like that? Am I got mad? Do you remember? Oh that? yeah, maybe. I think McGahan might have done an interview with him and said something slightly wrong, slightly wrong, some kind of slightly wrong story mm-hmm. or something. And and, he, and Kenny Florian ended up saying it. <laughs> yeah, and we were joking that we should have told Kenny that uh, Conor was raised by a pack of wild dogs in Ireland, <laughs> and that's normal. And he probably would have said it on the broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> just read it out like fucking Ron Burgundy. Oh god! You know, people were asking about like Ireland and all. You yeah. know, people were like, "What's it like in Ireland?" <laughs> Bad. He he came to the airport in a horse and cart to get out to Sweden. That's how yeah, that's how he got there. But yeah, like yeah, it was a pretty mad time. Like I was talking to the, the lads. I did a podcast over in Texas. I mentioned it earlier on um, during the week, and you know. What are, you, what are your memories of it? Yeah, what are your like, memories? Of it? I was never uh, like I wasn't at the the Helix fights or anything. I didn't see Conor McGregor coming up from day one. Like I was covering MMA before I'd even heard of Conor McGregor or known anyone in Irish MMA and all. So I kind of like I watched his his title fights in Cage Warriors and you know saw him coming into. I think I, I think sorry to interrupt you, but I think you kind of thought uh, ah, these Irish MMA guys are not on the level of you were just kind of pure UFC kind of. Yeah, fan. I like. I wasn't completely sold like you, a hundred percent. Like I wasn't sold for. Uh, although I did say I did. I remember there's a tweet out there that said uh, he's going to beat Jose Alder or something after his debut. So I was I was right there, but I don't know. Yeah, um, I remember years ago as well. One what? one uh, known MMA English British media British media member saying uh, to Neil Siri, was DC, it? Uh, you, you media member, <laughs> uh, you uh, you think he's after Connor? We we were talking. Me and PC were talking about something about. Connor after a four or fight or something, mm-hmm. uh, maybe talking about Aldo or something, and uh, this journalist was like, <laughs> "You guys think he's gonna go all the way?" And we were just kind of like, "Yeah, yeah, we do." If- and they were just kind of like, "Oh, these biased Irish guys—they don't know anything," you know that kind of yeah. attitude. It was, mm-hmm. I think even even like as Connor was making his way towards the Aldo shot, it was kind of people were like, "Oh, when is this kind of hype train gonna derail itself in spectacular fashion?" Yeah, I th- like. If I guess in one go, who the you, media think, member is? Did you think? Did you think? <laughs> did you think that was going to happen? Do you think it was just like? Did you? When did you think like this guy's one of the the best fighters in the world? I don't know actually. Like I picked him to beat Aldo the f- the first time he 
they fought and I think they picked him the second time as well to beat Aldo so I don't know Did I, me and you in a pub with Jeremy Botter and yeah. every, um, you were you were on the Aldo side and that was when the fight was was announced what changed your mind and like the, the build up was like, it a world tour or was that was that before I know that was after the world tour that Botter was over I think like I, I've uh, throw cover in MMA the last few years like sometimes you look at a fighter and you like you develop an understanding for their game or develop what you think of their game and then you kind of just go with that for a while but maybe you go back and watch a couple of their fights again and you see something different or you realize okay this person does things differently and in a better way than other people and i think i had that with mcgregor at some stage like there was i think there's always a thing you know you have have talked about this before as well like when people are coming up in ireland and when we you know we think oh jesus we better not be biased here or whatever you know and it's it's like it's like a natural i'd never do that for someone else but like you have to i think we judge them a little bit more unfairly maybe even or you know um we we maybe say yeah more harshly but i think i just watched so much of him and i wrote about like for all his fights remember i used to write those big breakdowns or like three thousand words on conor mcgregor as a fighter against and his opponent as well and like his skills were just so good and i watched him so many times and i wrote so much about him like there was definitely one stage before he became what he is today that i had probably written more words about his game than anyone else in the world um about his fighting game anyway and um I think when you do that much and when you look at the fight so much, it's you can't not see how good Conor McGregor is. Like, and obviously it's very different for you because like you've been watching him train and watching him coming up uh, all through the year. So obviously you would have seen uh, and kind of done that groundwork a lot before me. But I think you know you'd want to be blind or like not understand MMA to not see how good he uh, yeah. he was or is. Yeah, so. I'll always remember the Dave or not the Dave Hilly, Ivan Bushinger. Uh, <laughs> Uh, fight with Connor in Cage Warriors, and we were sitting kind of like in the helix, just kind of overhang, kind of, and you can just it's like an overhead view, like an overhead yeah. camera. It's like the kind of best, the best way to watch it. And I just remember turning around and seeing the shock in like, or just a look of like amazement in in people's faces, especially uh, what was his name? Um, used to do the Mark Moriarty used to do talking brawls years and years ago with, oh, yeah. with Niall. And I just, I just remember his face. He's just kind of like, wow, I've never seen anything like that before. Kind of, I think there was a lot of people who, today Phil Fight was impressive or whatever, but people who were at that McGregor fight in um, in the Helix, it was like a different atmosphere. The crowd was, was louder. And then that happened. It felt like it felt special. It felt like, you know, this guy has to go to the UFC. And people kind of forget back then that there wasn't really, you know, UFC guys or Irish guys didn't really go to the UFC. Like mm-hmm. Tom Egan went and got des- got destroyed in the first round. And that was kind of the end of it for years. And uh, it was a lot of like, you know, people were pushing for guys to be in the UFC or whatever. But it was never really realistic. But it seemed after that, it seemed like it was it was it was the only logical step. You know, he was just way better than these other guys. Yeah. Yeah, and even like you know, I talk about it a lot, but this kind of the schooling Conor McGregor had, what is it like, fourteen, fifteen fights, two titles in Cage Warriors before he went to the UFC, and he goes in and just destroys someone like Marcus Brimage. And Marcus Brimage, okay, he's not a, a brilliant fighter, but he's a good, you have well worth being in the UFC. You know, fought some very good guys. And McGregor just yeah, goes in and, five or six fights in the UFC and yeah, tough and all that. Good before, wrestler. Before that fight. Yeah, and McGregor just goes in and absolutely destroys him. Like a lot of people, you know, we talk an awful lot about the the UFC jitters. Like McGregor could have been in there, been jittery, and Marcus Brimage could have taken him down, and it could have been in a very different story. But I think what what really stood out for McGregor and it was his confidence i think like he came that fight okay you could see his confidence straight away he's coming out trying these fucking big <laughs> uppercuts knocking the head off fucking marcus brimage the eddie alvarez fight he goes up away or well down away at that stage i suppose it was uh and just goes in there and absolutely destroys him comes back after tearing his knee and uh destroy comes you know in front of a home crowd when all the other fighters had won just before him and he you know he comes in there and he destroys um he destroys marcus Br- or um diego brando like it's the and even that chad mendes fight you know and i suppose we'll you know this may be a chat for another day but anyone watching documentary knows the 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 level of fitness mcgregor had before that fight and he gets taken down. Okay, you know, we, we won't have the debate about the first round again. But he got caught with that big elbow in the first round. Mendes took him down. Whatever one thought was going to happen, he took him down. He still had the confidence to get back up and knock him out. Like, that confidence and that 
you know, inner belief. Confidence to take that Mendez fight, and considering yeah. what everything that was going on with the knees and uh, Aldo pulling out, and you know, you see in the documentary Dana and Lorenzo saying, "Oh, we can just reschedule this for September or whatever it was," mm-hmm. and Connor's like, "Oh well, that's that's for certain, but who are we going to fight in the meantime?" <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Even though he knows he's he's in a bad way, like yeah, crazy, crazy. Like it's it's mad as well. And even talking about the media this week and MMA fighters and MMA managers coming out and saying, you know, the media, you know, you need us more than we need you. And you know, for certain people that is true. But look at look at Conor McGregor in MMA media. Like when do you ever see him criticizing MMA media? I'm sure he's done it a couple of times, but like. He has used the media to his advantage, whether it was yourself and Andrew back in the day and doing interviews with him, or whether it's Ariel with the whole Blueberries thing, or, you know, ESPN there coming back not too long ago and different, you know, gone on Conan and different things. Like, you look at McGregor and the way he's used the media and the way he's always been. And like the Late Late open. Show, when he yeah. went on the Late Late Show, he kind of like, you know, be jovial and laughing and mm-hmm. kind of funny stories. And he knows what, like, you know, what people are looking for, what kind of part of his personality people are looking for and mm-hmm. he was especially like in the first few years it just seemed like he just nailed it every time nearly yeah he really did and the same happened when he's fighting like and it's, it's you know MMA is not just okay, about fighting well it's all talk and you're you're like a joke if you say all these things and you don't back <laughs> yeah, it up in, yeah. in the ring or in the cage or whatever sport you're in yeah I, yeah, I was going to say something there but I better not anyway right let's uh, answer a few who's that media member actually if I guess it in one guess will you tell me who it is will you, will you say yes or no yeah, of course, yeah. Gary Davis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, God, that's great, man. He's about to put on like a British accent when I, when I said it. Like, <laughs> I thought it might have been that other lad as well that we used to do the podcast with him, but he was he seemed smart enough, but maybe not. The last time, well, maybe not the last time, like maybe two or three times ago, I met Gad. We were at a media day above in Dublin, the one you were at in the, that fucking airport hotel. And... um so Gad comes in and he was like standing there talking to me and whoever else was there and he was holding a tray with like a cup of coffee and um and a couple of biscuits on it and he was like standing there for about 10 minutes before the fighters came in just didn't take one sip out of the coffee right so I went away I interviewed Richard Kiley nearly got the head smacked off me I interviewed James Gallagher I interviewed like 15 people whoever was there walked over and Gar was still standing there with the same tray talking to people hadn't taken one sip out of the coffee like an hour later like what are you doing like all right fair enough wait for it to go cold or something he's just standing there with a fucking freezing cup of coffee in his hand i'm it was the weirdest thing ever there was tables there and all he could just lay it down i don't know what's that that's just weird but anyway um right graham do you want to answer a few questions before we go yeah, go for it. Yeah. Which is your favorite from uh, Andrew, Andrew Harvey? Indian or Chinese? Uh, oh, Chinese, but uh, I don't really eat that much many things from the Indian. But the things I, the, the I'm very fussy. But the things I do get, I really like from the Indian. But uh, the Indian can be too spicy for me a lot of the time. I was talking to someone the other day. I don't think I've ever had an Indian in Ireland. I like I've gone to like Lanzarote. I had an Indian there. I was in Scotland there last year, and I had one of the fucking nicest meals I've ever had inside an Indian. But I don't think I've ever had an Indian in Ireland. It's weird. I don't know. So I'd have to go with Chinese. I, lo- I, lo- I, lo- I love a good naan bread with uh, lamb, lamb naan bread or cheese naan bread. Very good. Yeah. Oh, Pishwari naan. Oh my god, different level. Pishwari naan's nice. I, 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 I get ro- Rogan Josh usually. Um, mm. I don't really like the the yogurty kind of chicken tikka masala jobs, but I I, I like the sometimes you can get a rogan josh that's not not too spicy but other times it just burns the mouth off you by the end what do you get in the chinese uh i'd usually just get like a three and one or like you know something like that like a, or the odd time i used to get like a, a aromatic duck or mm, i wouldn't nice. really go go too chinesey i don't eat rice i'm allergic really? i'm actually like allergic to rice really so even if i drink if i drink like tuborg or budweiser or, or bud light or any of them i'll get like sweaty and my face will like kind of go red and I'll, I'll feel real sick like I remember drinking before I didn't know Tuborg was a rice beer and I drank like six or eight of them and I just started like, fucking puking everywhere in the park really? oh, that's <laughs> yeah. mad I never I didn't even know that was a thing yeah. that's mad oh. yeah I don't know like I'd never heard of it either but uh, I suppose people are allergic to wheat and stuff so yeah. I suppose yeah makes sense that's weird um, pasta or pizza oh pizza pizza obviously. yeah I agree I don't I don't remember the last time I had pasta I had, well, I suppose, spaghetti bolognese. I eat that like a couple of the times a year. texture of pasta is just a bit weird. I don't know. Pizza is just fucking brilliant. Some people eat pasta like nonstop. I, no, I wouldn't, that wouldn't be me, no. Um, what area of maths did Sean struggle with most during his studies? Oh, God. I don't know. Oh, the, adding. Uh, adding, yeah. I hated, um, 
I hated doing the fucking, oh, what's it called? Not statistics, but I don't know. I can't remember. Terrible. Right, quick hits. Who wins these fights from Christopher Graham? Khabib or Tony? Khabib. Khabib, I agree. Justin uh, or Tony? Justin. I think on a full camp, Justin beats him, but I think if it was on that short notice, I think Khabib would have won. Uh, Justin or Connor? Khabib. Oh, sorry, or, you said Ferguson. Sorry, yeah, I did. Sorry, yeah. I think on short notice, Tony would have beaten Justin, but I think with a full camp, I think Justin beats Tony. There you go. Yeah, I think I think Justin beats him either way. Justin or Connor? Oh, Connor. I'm gonna go for Justin at that one just to piss you off. No, I think Connor beat him as well. Uh, Colby or Woodley? Colby. I I'm very interested to see what Woodley looks like the next time he fights because that fight was like it seemed he was too bad to be true in that Usman fight. So I'm interested to see what he does next. But yeah, I think Colby as well. Uh, Woodley or Edwards? Uh, Edwards. Yeah, mm, I'd still go Woodley right now, but I'm interested to see what he looks like. Santagan or Sterling? Mm. Sterling. Sterling's just inconsistent, though. Yeah. He has he has all the abilities, but yeah, uh, I'll go with Sterling, but uh, just about. Yeah, we ended on this because this is a good one. I'll answer all the rest of the questions on uh, on Patreon, the Q&A. John Jones or Stephen Miocic? John Jones. That's it, yeah. That's that's a, an interesting one. Um, I'd probably, I probably go with John Jones again. Actually, someone asked a question there the other day as well. If you had to pick one MMA media member to fight for John <laughs> 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 in a, in a trial by combat for oh, one of you died, one of you stayed alive, who would you fight? Who would it be, Graham? Uh, well, who would I do the podcast with if if, yeah. if uh, you were dead? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to do it with my gun. That's the only reason. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, somebody easy so I, I won't lose and die. Yeah. Somebody small and weak. Who's there, who's like the smallest woman that does have a man? That's the only I can't think of a man. Is there any children? Is there any children? Yeah, there is. Children governing MMA. MMA juniors. Nick MMA junior channel. Nick Baldwin is too old now. He's not a child anymore. I could have picked him. Yeah, he put a beach up there. Yeah, hundred percent. I don't know. All the Make sure to go train as well. Even if it was some kid who trains, you probably beat the shit yeah, out of you as well. Definitely so, would, like, yeah. I don't know. Can you, you? You sure you fucking trained with King Mo before? You you. What about Noel McGrath? He's just drunk all the time. So yeah, pretty... <laughs> <laughs> just, just push him over and he just fall down the stairs or something. <laughs> <laughs> that dog. What's the dog's name again? Reggie? Is that it? I'm not that Vinny. Dog. Vinny. Vinny now Pete's. See if now if Noel if Noel drunkenly falls down some steps, you're going to be prime. And that could happen. Like that's a very possible fucking. Yeah, I'm sure Noel falls over drinking all the time. Yeah, all the time. Like, he yeah. must. I suppose as a professional drinker, though, he probably has a uh, tolerance. Do you think he's getting like huge withdrawals and stuff from like not going out pointing and things? Like that. He's probably like Barney Gumble when Barney yeah. Gumble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like an astronaut. An astronaut yeah, <laughs> that's hilarious. Uh, but anyway, what are you missing the most about normal life? <laughs> um, I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. I've I've like an addiction to buying shoes. I mi- I miss just like going buying a new pair of shoes every two weeks. That's what I miss the most. <laughs> you just buy shoes <laughs> on the internet. You, you, the thing about me is right. I like I could buy a size eleven shoe and it fit me, and I could buy a size thirteen shoe and it wouldn't fit me. So I'm weird with shoes. Like I don't know why. Yeah, I've got like a wide foot or something. Me well, too. So yeah. Sometimes like sometimes it can be perfect lengthwise, but the width is just mm-hmm. fucking tight as fuck. Yeah. Yeah, so no, I have to go to a shop and buy shoes. Yeah, that's the least of my worries anyway. I better go anyway, because that dog has gone mad. He'll fucking bite someone, kill someone. <laughs> he already bit me last day when I was above there, fucking attacking me. Although he's a nice old lad. Ah, he's jumping up all over you, giving, yeah, you, giving you the welcome. He was, in fairness he did. Right, we better go, Graham, will we? Yeah. Right. Let's Thank- do it. We're <laughs> fi- we're, do, we have a, do we not have a do we not have a quote? We have a quote. Yeah. Send it on our way. It's an, actually Did not you a make great it up one. yourself this time. I, no, or, not, or, or? not not this time. I got it. <laughs> I got it from uh, my Twitter quote uh, or my Twitter inspirational quote list, which is very handy. Which I go on every week at this time and only this time every week to uh, to look them up. So it's uh, it's fantastic. Um, before we do that, subscribe iTunes, SoundCloud, especially. Everywhere else, severemay.com. Review. Follow Graham at severemay. Follow me at Sean Sheehan Ba. Follow Patrick Sheehan, Andy Stevenson, Ian O'Neill, Harry Williams, Sean Betts, Steve, Podrick Foran, great man. All the lads. I'm probably forgetting someone. 
But follow all those those people. Tell a friend, Severe Man Podcast. And here is the inspirational quote of the week. Remember who you want to be. We'll see you next Tuesday or Sunday or Saturday.